This is the Planet Rygate podcast. And it's episode 21 for Saturday, February the 3rd. Hello, I'm Peter Stewart. Hope you're well. Thanks for the loan of your ears. Now, this week we have details of sports and music and drama. Yeah, our guest is, well, we've got several guests, in fact. Chris Rowe, who helped set up the Red Hill Girls Football Club. Also, we'll hear from some of the girls and also their coach, Daisy, as well. Plus, we're going to be hearing from Jane Patrick from Rygate and Red Hill Music and Drama Festival. You know what? It's been going for nearly 100 years and likely to attract 900 entries this year. It's a really great credit to the art scene locally. In the news, a surprise for staff at Red Hill Sainsbury's. More information on the summer's pub in the park, Rygate, and also Run Gatwick as well. A new way to check local house prices that you might be interested in. Potential changes to an old building in Rygate High Street and another in Red Hill... And we reminisce about a local cafe. And we've got a couple of jobs for you locally as well. And in the Good Time Guide, crochet and choral singing, snowdrops and self-defence, family fitness groups, adult ballet, a walk from Marjorie Wood and musical memories of Eddie Cochran and Elvis. All that and more to come in this week's edition of the Planet Rygate podcast. What is more? Yeah, we've got the Planet Rygate stars. Also, we've got Rygate roulette and our 60-second soundscape too. But first of all, we'll start off with... A little bit of information which has come to us during the course of the week as regards various correspondences. We always appreciate you getting in touch, saying hello, passing on your messages, maybe for the Good Time Guide, responding to some of the messages that we put out on social media as well, or saying thank you for featuring us in a previous week, Acupuncture Surrey did just that. I posted in the week so many things to update you on. My mediation sessions are also mentioned in the Planet Rygate podcast this week. And uh, if you haven't discovered the Planet Rygate podcast, they say it's worth a look. It includes a range of local activities updated each week and interesting interviews and segments with local people as well. And also the Unison Choir said a massive thank you to Peter at the Planet Rygate podcast for featuring Unison in the latest episode. Have a listen to this fantastic, entertaining and informative gem... Not my words, the words of Nina at the Unison Choir. I'm going to say it again. Have a a listen to this fantastic, entertaining and informative gem to keep up to speed with all things local. I'm not sure I've been called a gem. Oh, the programme. I see. Okay, You can hear me answer the door several times about 35 minutes in, says Nina. Yeah, as I mentioned last week in this you would have heard last week as well uh, when we were doing the interview we were waiting for people to arrive at the upper hall at the united reform church at shaw's corner so just opposite the hatch there they've got some fantastic rooms there at uh, at the united reform church if you ever need a church hall to do a display or a talk or a lecture or something like that uh, then uh, then make sure that you consider them and we were doing the interview with nina and inevitably the door kept going people wanted to be let in you can hear that and more about the Unison Choir in episode 20 of the Planet Rygate podcast. Uh, Marcus says would love to come on your podcast and share some of the things the volunteers here are up to. And Martin says congratulations on the obvious success you're having with this project. 
Thank you to all of you for getting in touch. If you want to do the same, you can contact us on social media. Just search for the Planet Rygate podcast. And uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Insta. Slightly different name. Put in Planet Rygate for X slash Twitter. And if you want to contact us direct, then you can go to www.theplanetrygatepodcast.com or hello at theplanetrygatepodcast.com. And also, please remember to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode, and you can do that via your favourite podcast app. Okay, we have got so much going on in the show. Before we go, at the end of the show, natural sounds from a place you know are from Lye and St Bartholomew's Churchyard, and also Rygate Roulettes. We're featuring somebody from... Woodhatch this week, so make sure that you continue to listen to the whole show for that. But first, here's your planner for the upcoming week. We call it the Good Time Guide. The Good Time Guide. Things to do and places to go on the Planet Rygate podcast. Okay, before we start this week's part of the Good Time Guide, don't forget last week, and also we'll do it next week as well, we had a special half-term edition as well last week, so you could really book ahead for those events. So if you're interested to find out something that the kids can get involved with over half-term, which is in a couple of weeks' time, then check out episode 20 of the Planet Rygate podcast, and you'll hear all sorts of information there about various events right across the Planet Rygate area that you can book up and uh, be really quick for that because I'm sure a lot of those places are going quickly. We'll update that as I say and put it out in next week's show as well. Okay, so Saturday the 3rd of February, fancy a new skill for the new year? Begin at Learn to Crochet Granny Squares on Saturday, 10.30 to 12.30 at the Plough Inn in Earlswood. Now everything's included to take home and carry on crocheting. I don't remember Sid James and Hattie Jakes in that, but maybe I missed it. Soft-handled crochet hook, yarn and pattern, and also also coffee and croissant during the class. Yeah, you can't take the croissant home with you. You you eat it there. Relaxing and versatile. You'll be making blankets, cushions and more. Check out In The Loop Crochet on Facebook. The first English Arts Chorale Singing Day of the Year will delve into Haydn's creation. Yeah, Leslie Olive will expertly guide you through the magnificent choral work, offering valuable composition insights and performance tips. So a fun day of vocal enrichment and also delicious homemade cakes in the tea break. 11 till 4 tomorrow Saturday at St Mary's Church, Rygate. If you want some more information on that, englisharts.org. Quite a few events going on because of the rugby. Three to tell you about today. By the Horns Brewing Company are going to be opening their doors on Saturday throughout February and March for the Six Nations fixtures, full craft beer range, wine, soft drinks and non-alcoholics. Street food vendors will be there with awesome local wing slingers kicking things off on the 3rd of Feb, 1 till 6. All welcome. And if rugby's not your thing, don't worry, go along anyway. Have a few drinks, have the wings too. Now, where is this, you may be wondering? It's by the Horns Brewing Company. They've got their new taproom, Unit 12 RH1 5GJ. It's where their new taproom is going to be opening in April. So what's that, about five minutes from Salford's train station? Also a couple of bus routes outside. From memory, that's 100, 400 and 420. Okay, not from memory. I looked it up. Free parking as well. Free parking. So if someone else is going along with you to uh, have uh, the non-alcoholic drinks, uh, there's uh, easy parking for them. So it's the 3rd, the 10th, the 24th of Feb, and the 9th and the 16th of March. Again, RH1 5 
GJ. It's just by the um, police custody suite on that estate. Also, Pilgrim Brewery, they say 4 till 10 tomorrow Saturday. Enjoy an apres ski-themed winter wonderland party. Fancy dress is encouraged. Prizes too. Alpine food and very special drinks offers too. Gravlax cheese fondue paprika schnitzel and also a schnitzel burger as well and also you can head down to the junction in red hill to watch the rugby six nations saturday italy versus england kick off 215 wales versus scotland kick off 445 sunday the 4th gatton park sees the start of their snowdrop season Volunteers have been hard at work preparing the rock garden for a stunning display of snowdrops and other early spring flowers. So join them every Sunday afternoon in February to enjoy the show and 250 acres of Capability Brown Parkland. Details, gattonpark.co.uk, 12 noon to 5 on uh, every Sunday, as I say, in February. Online booking £6. St John's Church Redhill Children's Monthly Movie Afternoon On this Sunday it's Mona Go along, enjoy a film One for all the family Suggested donation £1 Popcorn money, popcorn and sweets available 2 till 4 That's the weekend Here comes the week proper Children's self-defence classes Uh, The uh, self-defence meets the joy of martial arts exploration Monday nights on, so Monday the 5th of Feb, but also Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays from 9. Mountain Warriors, 75 Hawley Road, so that's just opposite McDonald's there on the A23. Inquiry at mountainwarriors.com. Now, don't forget, if you want to mention for your charity or non-profit event, let us know about it. Fill out the form you'll find on the planetrygatepodcast.com. And, of course, you're more likely to be included if you give us at least two weeks' notice and also if you've interacted with us or shared the show before on social media. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wing, wing. Wednesday, the 7th of February now, there's a family fitness club which is happening. And we got a message here that says, Hey parents, are you struggling to get you and your family into exercise? Or maybe sport just isn't your family's thing. Maybe this is the perfect club for you all. Become fitter, stronger and healthier in a fun, exciting way with all the family. So it's going to be Wednesdays, 5.45 to 6.45. And uh, it's at Rygate Parish Church Primary School. And more information, hjdfitness.com, hjdfitness.com. Bryony lets me know about a brand new gymnastics club in Merstham, futuregymnastics.co.uk. Wednesdays, Fridays and Saturdays, evenings and weekends, Merstham Park High School. If you want some more information, futuregymnastics.co.uk. Thursday now, Thursday the 8th of Feb, Ballet Corps BC, Adult Beginners Class, yeah, Adult Ballet, Thursdays at 8 at uh, the Donnings Leisure Centre and uh, balletcorps.co.uk is where you can get more information on that. Ballet, usual spelling, C-O-R-E dot co.uk. Friday the 9th of February, Ethereal Movement is a yoga class in Surrey. More specifically, it's at the Coleman Redland Centre, Croydon Road. Book online or pay on the day. Beginner friendly, they say, etherealmovement.co.uk to find a class time that suits you. And the phone number 07983 957 488. If you don't fancy 
sitting on a yoga mat and doing your twists and turns? What about getting out and about with a five and a half mile leisurely walk on Friday the 9th, starting at 10am at Marjorie Wood Car Park? It's a pay and display there for the National Trust members. You can walk up to and around Banstead Heath then back down to Collie Hill for the view. Fingers crossed for fine weather if you go along there and then you return back to the car park. You can bring refreshments and you can have a quick coffee stop on the route. If you want some more information, Karen is behind this. 07772 269 Lorraine emailed us to tell us about, quote, our very first Willowcraft workshops taking place in February, the barn off Flanchford Road in Rygate. She says we'll be running both a morning living willow harlequin tree workshop. You'll make not one, but two sizes of harlequin trees, the first tabletop version to learn the technique of weaving before starting on your second, which will be five foot tall. And then in the afternoon, you'll learn to weave a living willow dome to take home in its pot for you to nurture until it releases its new buds in the spring. So in both workshops, you'll learn how willow is grown, how to care for your living willow plant once it begins to grow. All materials for the workshop will be provided and there'll be an opportunity to create your very own willow sculpture for your garden as well. So that could be a tortoise, a mushroom or a hedgehog. That sounds fun, doesn't it? Suitable for complete beginners. You'll be guided through every step of the way. Friday and Saturday, the 9th and 10th of February. More details, hedgesandhurdles.com. We always look forward to the following Saturday as well, just to give you a bit of advance notification. So now Saturday the 10th of Feb, Nature Reclaimed Workshop, and uh, they've got a perfect pairing of candle-making fun and a delicious supper from Lucy's Ladles, uh, held at the lovely New Leaf Rygate at the Refill Shop. And you know what? Some of my favourite people through the Planet Rygate podcast are all involved with that. Kerin at New Leaf Rygate, uh, Lucy's Ladle and Lucy of the fame there and also Nature Reclaim Shop as well who I spoke to uh, back in I think it was about episode 17, 18 if memory serves I think it was the first full episode straight after Christmas this year so go back and listen to more about that yeah nature-reclaimed.shop and check out their various events that they've got there including one on Saturday the 10th of February their candle making workshops the venue in Merstham is the venue indeed for the day the music died on Saturday the 10th of February. Join DJ John for the music of Buddy Holly, Richie Valance and the Big Bopper and other rock and roll greats of the era, Elvis, Eddie Cochran, Little Richard, free entry, ladies and gentlemen, free entry, all welcome, 8 o'clock next Saturday at the venue in Merston. And literally, just before I was about to press record on this week's show, I had a quick message from Catherine who got in just under the wire, Catherine. She says, I've just found your podcast. I love what you do. That's a way to butter me up, Catherine. I was wondering if you could advertise something for me. I'm trying to set up a letter writing group at the Posadero Lounge in Red Hill, linked to the charity at From Me To You. So, are you interested in a letter writing workshop? Letter writing seems to have gone out out of fashion a little bit, doesn't it? But putting your fountain pen on a piece of Basildon Bond, licking the envelope afterwards and sealing it down, and a nicely handwritten address on the front of the envelope. I don't know what that is, what Catherine is proposing, or maybe it's about how to structure a business letter, or maybe it's a romantic letter to someone overseas or someone that you love for them to read 
and look at again and again and putting that shoebox underneath the bed. Maybe it's another kind of letter. Maybe to a, a cousin or a niece or nephew or a thank you letter. All sorts of possibilities. Catherine will give you some more information. Kath, C-A-T-H underscore W-H at hotmail.co.uk if you are interested. And tell her you heard about it on the Planet Rygate podcast. The Planet Rygate podcast. Great stories from... Lie. And on the way, we have our 60-second soundscape from St Bartholomew's Church in Lye. Also, we'll tell you what's going to be happening in next week's show. This week, we don't actually hear from Julie with the Children's Trust, Bell Street in Rygate. We hear from Jane from Stripey Stalk with a request for things that they would like this week. And also, we hear from Loveworks as well, another two great, fantastic local charities. And also, Kerin, who I mentioned a few moments ago, from New Leaf Zero Way Shop in Woodhatch, is our guest on Rygate Roulette on the Planet Rygate podcast. We've been down to Carrington School to talk to Chris Rowe. Now, he's not a member of school staff, but he did help set up the Red Hill Girls Football Club who train there on a Thursday night. And you know what? They've got really big aspirations, both on and off the pitch. Later on, we'll hear from some of those players and Coach Daisy. But first... Here's Chris talking to me on one of the pitches which were so packed of young people thoroughly enjoying themselves. This evening we have anything between 40 to 55 players that come, can range from uh, under 8, so 6, 7 year olds, to under 10s. We've got a flexi league set of girls that play 7 aside, which are 12, 13 year olds. We've got two under 12 teams, plus we have a female football football fitness session that the women do as well so anything up to 75 um, female footballers could be here on a Thursday night. This sounds really big, it sounds as though it should have been going for years. It should have been, I think we had a girls team at Red Hill two or three years ago and unfortunately that disbanded a bit but this has been a long time coming and said the chairman Jerry O'Leary of Red Hill Football Club has been keen to get a girls football division going as has John Hobson who's the chair of the youth piece. It's just needed someone to drive it, the funds that we need to obviously pay for the space we're on tonight at Carrington also need to pay for kits and, and, and training equipment so yeah it needs a bit of both it needs the effort and the will of people volunteers which you can see a few out here tonight there's some, some of the trainers that are volunteering they're all FA qualified and DBS checked and that sort of stuff but it also needs a bit of funding a bit of, a bit of backing from a couple of companies and we've got a fortunately got a company that I work with called Globant who actually sponsored the Women's World Cup so they've invested a bit of money in grassroots as well as investing money in the in the top end of the pyramid, as it were. So, how did you get involved in all this? I've been playing football since I was six years old. I was about eighteen, and then at eighteen, uh, I sort of felt it'd be a good way of getting back into the game and you know, giving back to the game, coaching some of the younger kids. So we started training younger boys at that point. There wasn't a lot of girls football about then, and from about six to nine, and then they were passed off to a manager to then take on their team through to eighteen. So we did that for a few seasons. And then along came my, my daughter 11 years ago and about three or four years ago she was very keen on playing football and we went to a few places and you know, couldn't find a club to get into so we had the opportunity to start up a Red Hill girls team. At that point it was under 11, that team was called the Ravens so that was the original team, my daughter plays for them and we've gradually progressed it from there. We've gone from eight players there to 25 under 12 so we now have a, a Red Hill Ravens team which is a Sunday team. And we now have a Red Hill Robins team, which play on a Saturday. So we have a, 
an option for the girls to play Saturday or Sunday football and that just expanded through the summer so we've obviously the success of the Lionesses has helped a lot of the work we've been doing with the local schools we've been going into schools and doing some partnerships with them work with Active Surrey work with the local community some World Cup events we did down at the Red Hill Football Club sort of promoting the game and trying to get people into it and then just being accessible throughout the summer we had six coaches turning out every Thursday and every Saturday to making sure that girls knew they had somewhere to come and play football and that's sort of held us in good stead for what we've got now. Is this unusual, so many young girls wanting to play football? I mean, are you finding other teams to play against? The trend and the, the, the speed in which we've grown, I think even the, the Surrey FA said to us, it was pretty extraordinary how quick we, had, we got to that point. Um, so how far are, are, are girls coming from? The majority are from Redhill, Merston, a couple from Hawley, a couple from Smallfield, coming out maybe... Oh, so it, is, it yeah. is this direct area, they're not yeah, travelling I mean, a huge distance. There's a couple of others that will be, uh, you probably would see, that are travelling through sort of five-mile radius, but other than that, it's, 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 it's a huge amount of girls at schools that want to play football. And I, I've, I've noticed when I've gone into schools that girls aren't often given the time to play football at school. Or is it because the boys take over a bit? Or, over, yeah. yeah, and it's also a thing about, you know, they, the boys have played football a bit more, so the girls are a bit, bit shy about it. But once they get in an environment here where you've got just girls playing football, and there's a lot of them are friends from school, you get a team of 12, you've got three or four girls from one school, three or four girls from another school, three or four from another school, so they, they make friends through that. And they've got girls back at school they, they can talk to, and obviously let them know we've got a team of coaches here and a, and a number of... Um, teams to come and play for now. That's how we sort of grown it, I suppose. I'd expect another 25 to 50 girls over the next six months. To... Because you've got a long-term plan, haven't you? The idea at the offset was to just generate a few teams through the summer, but then we actually built a strategy out that we took to a couple of our partners, Globant being one of those, and we spoke to some of the local facilities like the Carrington about how we could do this. And the idea was to go from the eight players we had and a few of the Wildcats players we had to go to 75 players by the start of the season, which we've achieved, which is across five teams and then you've got a female football piece and the Wildcats we're then looking to over the next two years so after the third year to have 150 and hopefully to grow that to 250 by the fifth year and that would be 250 playing girls all age groups and then we'd hope to have a combined 500 non-playing members so the parents part of that community as well so we're not just about the football it's all about the parents and the families that come along with it the referees as well you know, we've got a lot of ref- trying to promote female refereeing female coaching we have a lot of events we do with families we do Christmas do's we do photo shoots we do mascot days at the football club all in which these girls are involved in and come can, can join in with and the family also come along as well so do you find that girls are perhaps playing in a slightly different way is, is there a stronger kind of team ethos do you think you probably find them boys football you've probably got two or three very strong players you'll get the same in girls football but you will find that it's a lot more team and you're not more united I think they're, they're all in it for, for each other and I suppose it's probably from where they've had to sort of fight their way through to play football at school they sort of want to prove themselves here and but then back each other so we have a say the under 12s team we've got now all last year two or three of them knew each other the other sort of five or six didn't and now at the end of it they're all you know they're on whatsapp together social media together talking through you know school with, with each other and you know where they're going at the weekends and you find a lot of them actually having outside of football meeting each other um, and you know, having days out so it's not just football it's actually it's growing the you know girls um, relationships and, uh, and that sort of stuff so what is it about football that attracts girls because there are so many calls on their time and various other sports loads of sports in this area what why do you think that that football particularly is of interest to in i think if you find a lot of the girls that are here are probably already doing dance or they're doing gymnastics or they're doing something else, but they like the idea of playing football. I think it's the team bit as well. A lot of the other sports you're talking about there, gymnastics is very individual, you know, swimming's individual. A lot of these things are individual. They like this whole team piece, I think. And also, 
I think they've had struggled to play football in schools a lot as well. So actually having somewhere to come and play football, it's sort of a, a release from. You know, they've got you know, we can go and play. You know, we're allowed to play. There's no boys here. We can play football. Okay, some of them enjoy playing football against the boys as well. Some of them are quite a lot, a lot better than the boys, to be fair. But, but I think it's just that opportunity to play. They've got you know camaraderie. There's lots of teamwork here, and it's just it's just another way of keeping fit. I think a lot of the parents that you'll see here. Uh, will say that it's not just the football. They like the idea of the, the girls being here for an hour, fitness-wise. You know, they're not in front of a PlayStation or, a, or on their phone. They're actually doing something that's active and keeping them fit. You want more players. You want more volunteers as well. It sounds a really good kind of uh, group to be involved with. A lot of camaraderie, a lot of social yeah. events as well as what you were saying. Yeah. It's not just coming along on a Thursday night in the cold, in the dark <laughs> here as we are recording this. But you've got other things going on as well. It's a bit very, very social. We've built a community hub down at Red Hill Football club and that's really where we base a lot of our events we had a, a photo shoot event last last, last night actually uh, where we had all of the girls from all of the age groups and, and the boys to be fair as well and the seniors as well and what they're doing is they're getting photos for the girls to have that they can have printed for Christmas and they can have put on their trophies that sort of stuff that was an event there we do mascot events so we have mascots picked for each of the weekend games so Saturday games that Red Hill have and that's all based around events so we'll maybe get pizzas in at lunchtime for them you get to walk on the pitch with the players, and you, know, you have family in there, have, you know, drinks at the bar, that sort of stuff. There's also things around Christmas, you know, Christmas do's. We've got obviously Christmas coming around the corner. There'll be you know, ice cream events we'll be doing with them. Uh, we do quiz nights, those sort of things. We've got lots of stuff planned over the next sort of six months. Not, that's not just girls' football, that's across the whole club as well. So it's, it's, you know, Although it's a big push on girls' football, it's also making sure you don't forget that we're part of a wider club. The senior team and the youth, the, the boys' youth. And right beside us, we've got some goal practice yeah. and going on here. These are the under eight pandas, so we've got these have just started for in the last sort of six months, so they are doing a lot of coaching. They've won a couple of games already, they've got, they've got some very high scoring games. Oh. This is a, there was a level, level all I saw, they've yeah. won a 13 7, wow. I think, so there's been some, been some really good games. So you'll find at this age group that you'll, you'll probably have a goalkeeper that rotates they all want to play out on pitch so you'll have to get a goalkeeper that rotates occasionally as you can see they're all practicing they seem to be all be scoring at the moment so that's a good <laughs> sign so uh, these girls have got a game on saturday morning so they travel anywhere up to oxshot to epsom those sort of surrounding areas for games so uh, similar with the raccoons they've got the, the same sort of thing so not too far to travel and they several home games at Red Hill Football Club as well. How do people get involved if they want to come along, if they want to play, if they want to volunteer? If they want to come along, they've, uh, they can reach out to us via um, the Red Hill FC uh, website. There's, a, there's an inquiry page on there. So if girls just want to come along and play football, we're here between 5 and 7 every Thursday evening. And if they if they're not, they can reach out to me directly through, through, through contact details. We've got a lot of social media that goes out through Facebook. If they're up for football or even just coming along just, to, just for a taster session, it's free. Come down to Carrington on a Thursday night. And what are they looking for on Facebook? So Twitter, it's Red Hill FC, or it's a hashtag Lobsters, which is the nickname of the, the, the senior team. But Red Hill Football Club's website has an inquiry page for it as well, so that's probably the best place to go initially. Uh, we've got a Facebook Red Hill Girls Football Facebook page that we've just set up, some LinkedIn areas as well. So if you can't find us on there, you'll find us down at Carrington. <laughs> and hear from some of those girl players, and also the coach Daisy, a little bit later on in today's edition of the Planet Rygate podcast. Also on the way... We have our Planet Rygate stars celebrating the work of a litter picker in Merstham and Jane Patrick from the Rygate and Red Hill Music and Drama Festival and we've got another Jane from Stripey Stalk with what's on their current wish list that you may be able to help them out with. That's all on the Planet Rygate podcast. News and weather together next. Thank you.
So here comes our new sequence. Here's some of the stories that you may have missed during the course of the week and also items which generally may be of interest. Well, first of all, let's tell you about a 15-year-old boy from Merstham who's been arrested after officers conducted a proactive stop and search. On the 25th of January, they found a samurai sword hidden in his waistband, which obviously is pretty horrific, but I'm wondering... How did he actually walk with that? Then I don't know. What if you fall over? Someone knocks into you. Anyway, by the by, on searching his home address, they found a taser, which was found and confiscated. Now, the boy's been released on police bail, given a curfew of 7pm. He's also banned from entering the centre of Red Hill while that investigation is ongoing. A shoplifter who was confronted by a security guard at Red Hill Sainsbury's exposed himself before leaving the shop. Happened Tuesday, January 23rd, around half six at night. A member of the security staff approached him. He he tried, apparently, to to steal some bottles of beer. He handed those items over and then exposed himself before leaving the shop. Um, okay. White man, aged in his 50s to 60s. I thought when I read this story originally, it was going to be, you know, a 16-year-old youth. Is in his 50s. Around 5'7", tall, medium build, short grey, white hair, wearing a maroon woolly hat, a blue super dry jumper, green cargo trousers, black jacket and dark blue boots. Earlswood and Whitebush's councillors say it's your chance to voice any concerns you may have to your borough and county councillors and for us in turn to give you some updates on what's been happening in the local area. Tea, coffee and biscuits will be served. So this is February the 8th, 7.30, Earlswood Baptist Church on St John's Road there. OK, we've got pub in the park news in Priory Park coming up in a few moments' time. And also, before we go, at the end of the show, our 60-second soundscape from St Bartholomew's Churchyard in Lye. Also on the way, we have Roberta, the Rygate Roulette robot, asking random local questions of Karen of uh, New Leaf Zero Way Shop in Woodhatch. And also we're going to be hearing more from Jane Patrick from Rygate and Redhill Music and Drama Festival, which is, uh, well, their closing date for that is in the next couple of weeks. So if you're interested in that, then make sure you prepare your entry. This is the Planet Rygate podcast. I'm Peter Stewart. So let's also tell you about some pub in the park news which has come through to us in the past week because it goes like this. Oh, and I should say, whenever I mention pub in the park, Rygate... Yeah, the Planet Rygate podcast is an official media partner of the pub in the park, Priory Park in Rygate, between the 12th and the 14th of July. For more information and tickets, go to pubintheparkuk.com slash Rygate. pubintheparkuk.com slash Rygate. Yeah, they tell me in 2024, expect new ways to eat, drink and dine among the stages filled with new artists, restaurants and chefs across their various locations, because it's not just Rygate, of course, it's other locations across the south. Full programme and restaurants and chefs coming this coming Monday. And what they call phase two pre-sale tickets will go live this coming Thursday, the 8th of Feb at 10am, if you haven't already got your tickets. And general sale opens Friday, the 9th of Feb. Now, what I can tell you now is there's going to be new cookery book pavilion in Rygate this year. You'll be able to listen to stories behind the latest cookery books, get your hands on signed copies. 
and also some of the authors are going to be there as well. There's going to be a major expansion of the Fire Pit Theatre, so not only will you be able to watch specialist Fire Pit chefs create some amazing recipes, you'll also be able to eat dishes from the all-new Fire Food restaurant next door as well. Cooking, serving dishes over the open fire right in front of your eyes, Hang Fire Barbecue Smokehouse... Uh, they're going to be there with uh, kind of southern U.S. soul food. Slow and low barbecue is what it's called there, apparently to people in the know. And uh, if you like your music as hot as your food, Chef Jack Blumenthal and his high-energy Ginger Wings team will be bringing a brand new music stage with their new Wing Rave Spot and epic DJs throughout the Rygate weekend as well. So if you want some more information regarding that... There's our jingle that says, full disclosure, we are an official media partner of Pub in the Park, Priory Park, Rygate, between the 12th and the 14th of July. Some more stories for you now. OK, but not specifically local, but it could be. It's a website that you may not be aware of housemetric.co.uk now you can put in your street name or your postcode either where you live now or maybe where you want to live the kind of area and what it does is it, it, it combines the land registry data of how much the properties there were last sold for but it combines that with the internal area data to give a price per area so per square meter or pound per square foot so you can see a better idea of what you're getting for your money plus there's a house price heat map to help explore areas so what you can do is you can zoom in and you can see kind of freehold boundaries of individual properties and zoom back to see areas colored according to their average current value so what does that mean it means that you can more clearly see which parts of the area are generally more or less expensive so if you're thinking of buying you can target roads or estates areas parts of towns that you can afford and that's a really good starting point yeah so if you think to yourself well i'd like to move Obviously, you're not going to be moving out of Rygate, Red Hill, Buckland, Betchworth, Brockham and Merstham, are you? You're not going to be moving out of that area. You're going to be moving within it. But you may, you may be thinking to yourself, I've a feeling that houses in that area may be a little bit cheaper. Or houses the other side of town uh, around those roads might be ones that we could afford. Well, you can go onto the heat map and you can see whether your gut feeling is correct because it averages out all the kind of house prices in that area so you can work out the kind of area that you want to uh, or you could afford to move to whether you're going up or whether you're going down whichever way it happens to be and and one interesting stat i got out of uh, this website housemetric.co.uk the majority of homes in the rygate area are now selling for between 5000 and 6950 pounds per square metre. I'm not entirely sure what you can do with that information, but it's quite interesting. If you look around your house and you think to yourself, that square metre there, that's £5,000 worth. Okay. (laughs) 
Now, picture the old HSBC building in Reigate High Street. Yeah, you've got it. It's uh, just down there on the right-hand side. If you're going down towards the old town hall, yeah, uh, old Victorian type architecture, quite imposing, fine building, fine building. Well, a planning application has been filed to enlarge the windows to make it more appealing for a tenant. Yeah, they want to drop the windows down lower, so make them longer rather than wider. And I'm guessing the idea is if people can see in to, if it's a shop or whatever, they're more likely to go in and buy. Or maybe if it's a restaurant, it'll mean more light and people can, can see out. But it's in the Reigate Town Centre conservation area. Uh, you, you could say other buildings in that area have been adapted already, so why not do this one? And it's just the windows being changed, at least at the moment. And is that better than an empty building? A quick fact check. HSBC left last year. The building was built in 1921, designed by the architect Thomas Bostock Winnie. Uh, The council has yet to decide the application. For more information on that story, go to rygate.uk, the website there, and subscribe to their excellent local newsletter. Talking about buildings, looks like the Cappadocia restaurant in Red Hill have started working on the Abbott. Lots of hoarding gone up around the site. Really has been quite an eyesore for quite a while, hasn't it? It closed back in November 2017. Back in the day, it was it was lively. It was modern. It was a, it was a kind of youngsters pub, wasn't it? Right opposite the railway station. Really convenient. Dated from when do you reckon it was built? It was only 1997. My research shows a, a kind of it's, it's pretending to be Victoria, a bit of a pastiche. Um, and uh, I did a bit of research. Multi-leveled interior uh, had a big screen projection TV. Pool was played on the lower level and the top level. And uh, also there were darts in there. And just before the top of the stairs, a half landing which had comfortable seating. Live music sometimes featured in the evening as well. But Brewery Green King said the business had become unviable. And so it closed, as I say, in November 2017. Maybe you've got fond memories of the Cappadocia, uh, of where the Cappadocia is going to be. And that was the Abbott Pub. Just on the corner there, just by the roundabout, the bus station in Red Hill. And talking about pubs, last Thursday the historic Red Cross Inn reopened with new owners after a major refurbishment, so good luck to everybody involved there. Now Tanya wrote on a thread in Facebook during the course of the week, hi she said, can anyone remember the name of the cafe in Red Hill in the 80s where Costa Coffee now is she said just bugging me i can't think of the name she said i think it was italian owned thank you in advance and it started off a really interesting thread which i thought you may be interested in case it sparks a few ideas for you and memories reminiscences matt says fortes yeah norma used to be a long member of staff there when i was a kid fred and joe who i think i remember also worked at the wimpy opposite Sarah said, yeah, I used to go in there with my mum. Their buttered toast was the best. Steve contributed, Fortes, the guy who runs Rudy's, used to run it. Joanne chipped in, went often with my mum and my sister Jane, always clean, always friendly. Mum always had tea. Jane had a, a frothy coffee and I was young. I had a sporter. Do you know what a sporter drink is? Well, Joanna says, 
It was a very weak tea with milk and a little sugar. The loveliest bacon sandwiches and rum bar bars, says Joanna. I can't remember the last time I had a rum bar bar. Best hot sausage rolls ever. And also, she says, there was an abstract picture which was lit from behind and a Rygate art student sold it to the cafe. The family, she says, were relatives of the famous Forte's hotel people. Italian families are amazing with children. Great memories. And Maxine said, finally, I remember a lady called Jean that worked there. So I thought I'd pass that on, maybe a few memories in amongst that for you as well about the Forte's Cafe in Red Hill. It's now the Costa Coffee. Belfry Shopping Centre is looking at the possibility of holding a small monthly indoor farmer's market in the centre for local producers and micro-businesses to sell their wares. So it will be held on a Sunday on the lower level of the Belfry. It will be well promoted. If you are interested, reception at the-belfry.co.uk and tell them what you could bring to that market there. Run Gatwick's going to be back this year, Sunday the 12th of May, in partnership with London Gatwick, at the airport of course. Bookings now open, secure your spot, runseries.co.uk slash run hyphen Gatwick. Few jobs to tell you about. Liz says they're after a qualified nursery assistant to work in the small forest school nursery. Um, Portfield Farm Nursery and Forest School is in a rural location near Smallfield, so you'll need to be able to drive. Full time, 8 to 6 p.m. over four days, but would consider slight changes in that. Pay depending on qualifications and experience. And uh, for more information on that, uh, get in touch with the Portfield Farm Nursery and Forest school mentioned costa a few moments ago starbucks in reigate are hiring baristas ideally fully flexible mix shifts will run between 6 30 in the morning till 7 at night monday to sunday over 18s only and one more job to tell you about we're back at the belfry they're after a hard-working proactive security guard to join their team there 11 pound 45 pence per hour full-time 48 hours a week Email your CV to steve.collins at the-belfry.co.uk Planet Rygate is peeling bells in Rygate and appealing bargains at the Belfry. And this is the Planet Rygate podcast. Planet Rygate podcast, I'm Peter Stewart, on the way. Before we go, at the end of the show, natural sounds from a place you know, St Bartholomew's Churchyard in Lye. Now, a little bit earlier on on the show, we heard from Chris at Redhill Girls Football Club and we spoke at their training ground at Carrington School where there can be up to 70, 80 girls on a Thursday night. Let's hear from some of them and also their coach, Daisy on the Planet Rygate podcast. I'm a coach for the under-10s girls. We're all named after animals. We've got the pandas, the raccoons, the robins. We're all starting with an R. The youngest is it starts at under-7s and it goes all the way up to like under-14s. And how did you get involved? My 
nephew actually plays for the boys' team, and um, his dad kind of got me into it because I've always liked football. But back when I was a kid, there weren't really anything outside of school for girls, so I find it like really good and promising that there's actually coming clubs outside of school and things like that for the girls. It's actually quite nice to see. And what are you hearing about why those girls are coming along to play here? A lot of them, because they, they've got a lot of role models that play for the Lionesses and things like that. A lot of them have got older brothers and that as well. And they've just been like, oh, I need something out of school, I need something in the holidays. And they quite like it and it's quite nice. Why do you think they're coming to football rather than netball, for example? I think it lets off a lot of steam because there's more like aggression in the game. But at the same time, it's controlled aggression which I think is good for them. It teaches them discipline as well, which I like about it. Yeah, there is much more to playing a sport than just playing that sport. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, you've got to have determination and you've got to want to be there. Otherwise, you're not really going to go anywhere if you don't want to. And that's what I like about these girls. They all want to be here and you can see that they do and they all try really well. And yeah, they've done good. And also women's football has got much more of a higher profile than perhaps netball. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly that. I think it's the same with basketball, really. Some of the girls have wanted to do basketball because it's now come in a well-known sport. So I think they're sort of like, oh, that's cool, but because they're seeing more of it. So I think if, I don't know, maybe netball or like hockey and things like that were to be televised a bit more and maybe made a bit more of a big deal out of, out of it, then some of the girls would want to get into that as well. I get the ball past me because if I was with boys, they never ever pass me. So then I have a chance to play football outside of school instead of always in, and so I get a chance to play another different sport. I like to play football and take it further. Well, I want to become a professional footballer one day, and I just really hope that I get in top level, so yeah. When I was younger, I wasn't really into football, but then when my dad started taking me to the Lionesses matches, I just got used to it and I started playing. And the Lionesses <laughs> really inspired me. After the women's Lionesses came like second in the World Cup, I more do it of a hobby though. I do like tennis. They're amazing players and they're professional, and that's what I want to do when I'm older. So most likely like forward, so like left wing. And what do the boys in your life make of it? Brothers or friends or other people at school, what do they make of you playing football? They think I'm good, but like sometimes they laugh about it, which isn't the best, but, you know, they play football, I play football, so it doesn't really matter. What do you get out of coming here on a, on a cold Thursday night? <laughs> to be honest, I love seeing their faces. I love how they all smile and they all have fun. And, I mean, yeah, I can be a bit strict. Um, I, they will tell you I can be very strict with them. But, you know, I enjoy the fact that they like it and when they come back, they, they're like, oh, thank you, like, we really enjoyed that. And then when they got the win on the Saturday, they're so happy with themselves, they're cheering. And on a Saturday, we do player of the match trophies. So it gives them that little bit more oomph of, oh, I'm getting something out of it. So I love it. I just love, I love seeing them. I love the sport itself, to be fair. I enjoy football, football family. So... You know, yeah, I don't know, I just enjoy the football. I mean, it's quite far for me to come because I'm originally from Crystal Palace, but I like it. And I think I feel because I missed out on this sort of thing when I was a kid, I feel like it's kind of 
a bit of my place to try and get it a little bit more out there and be like, come on, girls, like, we can do this. We're just as good as the boys. And do you think they take that better from you than from your colleague over here, who, who's, who's a man? Yeah. Yeah, is it, is that, yeah, is it easier? Yeah. yeah, it is. He, he um, At first he struggled a little bit and how to talk with them because yeah. he didn't want to seem too harsh. Yeah. And I was like, listen, they're in football. They want to be treated like everybody else. So you've just got to do that. And I think seeing me getting on with the lads and joking around with them and you know most well, all the coaches here are men I'm the only female so I think it gives them that little bit of oh women can do it like women can do it and it gives them that little bit of oh maybe I can do it which is what I like to see I like giving them that little bit of motivation and that little bit of maybe hope for something in the future so yeah it's, it's rewarding it is rewarding and you could see that in the girls' faces. Thank you ever so much for Red Hill Girls Football Club for inviting me down. Chris, who we heard from earlier. Daisy, who we heard from just then. The young girls too. Daisy, really impressed with Daisy's whole kind of ethos and attitude. You you heard it there, didn't you? And the way she's got with those uh, young players as well. It really was, was, was so, so obvious that their uh, respect for one another both ways. And, and, and the young ladies as well, uh, not only speaking to me, but running around in shorts. It was a bitterly cold night it really was and I was all wrapped up and they put me completely to shame if there's something that you're involved with in the Planet Rygate area, RH1, 2 or 3, could be a sports club, could be something for young people, could be something for adults, could be a musical group. We heard from Nina and the Unison Choir, didn't we, last week? Could be a baking circle, could be knitting, could be a university of the third age. It could be a woodwind orchestra. It could be a charity. It could Whatever whatever it is, get in touch with me if you'd like a little bit of extra publicity, if you think we're, we're doing some good works here, or maybe there's there's something we're doing here which is a little bit unusual and, and and we could do with a few more members and tell people about what it is we're doing get in touch with me hello at the planet com, and that's exactly what happened with the rygate and red hill music and drama festival and we'll hear from them next on the planet rygate podcast after we hear this week's planet rygate stars planet rygate stars Thanking local heroes who are out of this world. And we got a nomination from Stuart this week who said, Hello, Planet Rygate. I'd like to nominate Graham as a Planet Rygate star. So who is Graham? Well, Graham, you may have seen him out and about, usually in the kind of Merstham area, but a little bit further afield as well, across the Planet Rygate area. And he tweeted recently, Day 200. 200 days of what, Graham? He says, a landmark moment. 200 carrier bags picked, turned into 46 full bin bags. Onward we go in the fight against littering pollution. Thanks for all the support, everyone. It's really appreciated. See you tomorrow and again in 300 days. Well, as you can imagine, after he posted that on Twitter slash X, lots of other people passed on their thanks and best wishes to him. Graham, you're a legend. Thank you for doing this, said Love Rygate. Also, Robert says, Honestly, mate, fantastic job. The question I have is how many rubbish bins are there in the area you've been collecting? If there are none, then surely the council must provide some. And Graham said... Sadly, mate, their bins are all over the place. People just don't use them. Drive along a country lane, you'll see cans and cups everywhere just thrown from cars. They either don't care 
or they don't have a clue of their damage they are doing. And lots of others. Um, awesome. Thank you for your hard work and dedication, says Tommy. Lynn says outstanding work. And so it goes on and on and on. So, therefore, we are pleased and proud to say congratulations to Graham. This week's Planet Rygate star. Planet Rygate is delivering post from the sorting office in Red Hill and delivering babies at the East Surrey Hospital. And this is the Planet Rygate podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Planet Rygate podcast in your favourite podcast app. We'd love it if you left a review. We'd love it also if you told all your friends and family, your work colleagues too, about the Planet Rygate podcast. Leave a message for us on social media too. And also promote the posts that we leave. And that way we continue telling you great stories from places we love and from people we know. In RH1, 2 and 3, the Planet Rygate area. I'm Peter Stewart. Now, have you heard about the Rygate and Red Hill Music and Drama Festival? Well, one would hope so, because it was founded in 1925. Choirs, instrumental ensembles, a new organ section, children, adults, beginners, concerto performers... And it's all going to be happening in May. But you've only got a couple more weeks to get your entries in. So let's hear more about it. I've been along to speak with Jane Patrick from the Rygate and Redhill Music and Drama Festival. And I'm pleased and proud to say that the Planet Rygate podcast are official media partners this year. The festival's been going for nearly 100 years. We have our centenary next year. We have about 900 entrants. We had 900 last year. And the purpose of the festival is to encourage and support amateur musicians and actors to come and perform for us and to do their very best. I'm really amazed. 100 years, 900 entrants. Has it grown and grown and grown over the years? Yes, I believe it started off just with singers and possibly pianists. And it gradually grew. And we had choirs as well at the beginning. And we now have choirs and singers and instrumentalists, but also all sorts of other things. We have a section for woodwind, a section for strings, a section for brass, piano. We have a concerto competition. We've suffered a little bit with COVID. We dipped down and we've come back up again now and we hope to have even more this year. The musical instruments and the the, the kinds of music you, you mentioned there, Sounds quite traditional. Have you kind of, you know, moved with the times and and introduced different music that maybe younger people would be hearing on the radio and Spotify and things like that? We are trying to branch out into that in that direction. We're planning to run a new section called Rock, Pop and Urban. We're taking a, a little bit longer than expected to get it off the ground, but we hope we're going to have that ready to launch soon. Singers are welcome to come and sing songs from shows and musicals, uh, a little bit of jazz if they want to. And actually, that sort of thing is welcome in any section. We also have a guitar section and we have a section for group music making where children can come along and play with their friends. And we also have some adult groups in that as well. Okay, so who can actually join up? Who can actually be part of an entry? Are, Are they individuals? Do you have to come from a musical drama school? Anybody can come. You can come with your chums from school. Some groups are organised by schools. Some 
drama schools do send groups to the drama section. I believe we have entrance between about the ages of four and 84. <laughs> wow, so it's not just young people, yeah, it's, it's right just across the people. board. I think it's true to say the majority are young people, but we do have adult choirs, we have some adults that take place in various other sections as well. We often have a guitar group that's made up of adults that comes along. So yes, anybody can come. You're making a rod for your own bag here, aren't you? Anyone can come for all sorts of ages, all sorts of music and all sorts of drama as well. That, that sounds as though you're going to expect, well, as, as you were saying, 900 entrants. How do you organise all of that? First of all, the paperwork going up to it. How do you judge it? And where's it all held? Yes. <laughs> well, Especially with the Harlequin being out of business at the moment. Well, that's a problem for us this year, but we think we've solved that one. I have a team of Round about 24 people that work with me that organise this. We're all volunteers. Everybody wants to give up their time to help support people making music and, and acting. We have professional adjudicators. So we, we actually pay people to come and adjudicate for us. Tip-top professionals, you know, proper experts in their field. And most of the classes take place in two local churches, Rygate Park Church, which is the Rygate United Reformed Church and also Redhill United Reformed Church. We're also using St Mark's one day in Rygate this year and we're using Rygate Grammar School who kindly give us their recital room for free each year for our concerto competition. And then we have a, f- a big finale of a concert in the Harlequin usually but this year it's out of action so we're planning to have our concert at St Matthew's in Redhill. Okay, so some terrific locations there and spread right across the borough, which makes things really good, as it is the Rygate and Red Hill Music and Drama Festival. Haven't talked much about the drama bit. No, we have a huge drama section. That is actually all for young people. I think it's for under-18s. And we have solo entry, so people can come and recite poetry, they can come and read prose, they can come with their friends and do a little group performance And it's always very exciting and lots of fun. We have huge numbers that enter all the classes in the drama section. And what's your background? How did you get involved? Because I'm looking around your your room here. We've got a piano. We've got hundreds and hundreds of uh, of CDs all stacked up and so on. And I can see some some other music cases at the end. I don't know, perhaps they're from your children or whatever. So it's obviously a very musical household. Yes, I'm a musician. I studied music at university and I'm a woodwind teacher. So I teach mostly the clarinet and saxophone, but I also do a little bit of flute and I accompany my students and I do some examining. But my children are also musical. My daughter's a professional viola player and she runs our string section. As far as the CD's concerned, I used to work for a record company and those were largely promotional gifts. Right, so I used to work for a radio station and interview authors, so I've got a whole stack of books, I know the feeling. (laughs) CDs take up less room than than, than, than novels and, and biographies and so on. So how did you get involved with the festival? I first became aware of the festival when my children were little. My son, who's now 30, entered the beginner piano class when he was six, and a couple of years later my daughter entered the beginner string section, And that's how it all started. And then as I started teaching, which is about 20 years ago, I started entering my own students. I then found, I think I used to enter about a third of the students in the woodwind section. And I possibly still do. And as a result of that, my predecessor, when she was thinking it was time for her to retire, considered me as a possible option. And I did go away and think about it because I am very busy. But in the end, I said yes. I took about five days to decide. And I said, yes, I'd like to do that. 
And you've got a big smile on your face when you say that. It's not a grimace, it's not a frown, it's, you're not slapping your forehead. So it's obviously something that you enjoy doing. What kind of memories have you got? There must be some standout moments or maybe someone that appeared perhaps on a stage nervous and trembling when they were playing a violin at six that's now a professional that maybe you followed their, their career through, something like that. What, what kind of memories have you got? I just have memories of children particularly who come along feeling very nervous they go up they do their best and then they're elated nearly always they're very very pleased with themselves when they've finished and our aim in this is to encourage them not to scare them away and I think we've succeeded if they leave feeling nine feet tall and and that's it isn't it it's dare I say it's kind of character building to to practice and rehearse something and uh, get it to a standard and then to perform it maybe on a stage but certainly in front of other people to be given some constructive and useful feedback that's all part of the kind of passage of life particularly if you want to go on to be a professional musician or an actor or something like that well that's true but also I think it's confidence building whatever you want to go and do So I actually have been in touch with some alumni recently because we're featuring them on our social media. And I particularly was impressed by one who's now, he's been to Cambridge, he's studied engineering, he's an engineer, but he still plays the clarinet and he still sings in a choir. And I think that's great. Okay, so how do people get involved? You've you've told us all about it. What are the details? What are the closing dates? How do people get more information? They go to our website, which is www.rrmdf.org.uk. So RRMDF, Rygate Redhill Music Drama Festival, those are the initials for that. Exactly, .org.uk. Entries close on the 28th of February. And then the events themselves, what dates are those? And can people just come along and watch? Obviously parents, but kind of people off the street as well. Yes, anybody can come and watch. We'd encourage them to come. Come and clap very loudly for our participants. The festival takes place between the 7th and the 19th of May. um, And all the venues are listed on our website as well. On the 19th, actually, we feature... Bach to Baby, which is a rather wonderful organisation that presents really good quality classical music to babies and young children. The idea is that music doesn't need to be dumbed down in order to appeal to them. They're allowed to run around, they're allowed to dance, they can wave their arms, they can sleep, they can do anything they like. So that's the final event. And then the festival concert takes place on the 22nd of May. And everybody's welcome to come to that as well. And things are slightly different, aren't they, for the concerto competition? That's right. We've got that this year on the 21st and 22nd of March. We ran it for the first time last year, and it was so popular that we're actually doing two evenings this year. It's for probably the more advanced musicians to come and play a movement of a concerto, which will happen at Rygate Grammar School in their recital room. Um, There will be a winner for each evening. The adjudicator will then choose one of those winners to perform their concerto movement with the Red Hill Symphonia which is something they they very kindly offer for us. We had a musician, a young boy, who played a whole concerto, in fact, with Red Hill Symphonia last November. So the closing date's the same, but the actual performance date is outside the main festival dates. What do you get out of it? I love listening to the music. I love watching the musicians achieve, overcome their nerves, and they often choose really interesting and unusual pieces to play, which is also a great pleasure to listen to. And as I said a little bit earlier on, the Planet Rygate podcast are official media partners... 
that's our media partner little logo there so you'll be able to identify it for so full disclosure we are once again we are media partners thank you very much of the Rygate and Red Hill Music and Drama Festival so what does that mean it means that we're going to be mentioning every single one of the competition uh, appearances on various dates between May the 7th and May the 19th. So we'll let you know what's appearing, where it's going to be happening, the times, where you can go along, and so on. And in return, you'll be able to see our logo in various places on their website and elsewhere as well. We've got a few other kind of similar deals being set up across the area as well with other events. So listen out for those and support those people who we talk about. And also, hopefully, uh, they will be supporting us as well as media partners. This is the Planet Rygate podcast. Before we go at the end of the show natural sounds from a place you know today we are in a churchyard in lie also we're going to be hearing from stripey stalk with an appeal this week and next week well a little bit of music and a little bit of cheerleading is going to be featured on the show but next it is rygate roulette welcome to rygate roulette on the planet rygate podcast my name is roberta i am the rygate roulette robot I want to find out more about what you love about living here. Spin the wheel to play and I'll ask you a question. Hi, I'm Kerin. I'm from New Leaf Rygate. What is your guilty local pleasure? My guilty pleasure, local guilty pleasure, is would be Rashita Tandoori, which is the uh, Indian restaurant just by Hillswood train station. Yeah, I do like a curry and I love their curry. I would normally get a chicken tikka pathia, is my favourite. What is the best local coffee shop? I would have to say that that would be New Leaf Coffee Shop. Yeah, what a great place. Uh, it's sustainable, it's local, dependable, nice staff. Take your kids, take your dog, um, and a lovely, lovely cup of coffee. Where have you been most entertained locally? Difficult one, um, but I'd probably have to say most frequently entertained would be uh, the Double Seven Club, which is a social club that I that I uh, go to a lot, and they have really good live music in there. Um, it's a really yeah, it's a really great atmosphere, great place, and uh, yeah, I've spent a lot of time in there over the years. It's just behind my house, actually. It's in Hamworth Road in Redhill. It's got uh, pool table, darts, boards, snooker table, entertainment on Saturday nights. And, yeah, it's just a great place. We take the kids down there and uh, they can run around and do their thing. And it's just, yeah, it's a good, good place. Where do you work out locally? What do you do and why there? Where do I work out locally? I would, I would have to be honest and say that I don't really do a great deal of working out these days although it's on my on my agenda to to do more um but i have recently swum at hawley anderson leisure center and i used to swim very very frequently at donnings in red hill um and i'm i've just rejoined as a member of both actually and i'm and my plan is to to start um swimming and uh doing gym classes in both of them as much as i can squeeze in around the around the shops and the kids and my other work and everything else so 
from a very young age, I, I can I can I can't remember not being able to swim. And I used to we uh, we used to go swimming all the time. And I used to swim even seriously when I was when I was very young. Could swim like I used to swim lengths in the pool and yeah, just spent a hell of a lot of time in swimming pools with me and my brother when we were younger. And so I've always yeah I've always enjoyed the water and it's um, it's I suppose one of those forms of exercise it, it does every muscle in the body and and sort of once you because it's just swimming up and down you can't really you can't really stop you just have to keep going whereas if I was sort of going for a jog and although it's a bit more scenic and everything I'd, I'd just find myself stopping and starting and stopping and being out of breath whereas we're swimming I can just yeah because I'm used to it I just keep going and it's a good workout for me where is your favorite seat my favourite seats. Um, I don't sit down very much, to be honest. I'm very, very, very busy all the time, and uh, so any seat would be my favourite seat. Probably, preferably, as and when I can. Uh, yeah, maybe in a pub with a few of my mates, having a couple of beers. I think definitely. Thanks for playing the Rygate Roulette game. I loved your answers. I will be back next week, but before I go, here is one of my favourite robot jokes. What did the humans say to their dead robot? Rust in peace. Ha 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 ha. You've been a great audience. I'm Roberta the Rygate Roulette Robot. Goodbye. Yeah, thanks, Roberta, for that. <laughs> okay, we've given Julie a week off. Julie beams from the Children's Trust. Bell Street and Rygate is usually here with Hidden Treasure. This week we're featuring the work of Stripey Stalk and Jane now from that local charity on what's on their current wish list that you may be able to help them out with this week. We urgently need Moses baskets. Since the beginning of the year, we have received requests for over 30 of them and we just can't keep up with demand. If you have one you could donate, we would be really grateful. Please ensure it's in good condition and doesn't include the mattress. We provide a brand new one with every Moses basket that we send out. You can donate your Moses basket to us at our warehouse in Rygate on Monday to Friday between 9am and 2pm. Please help us to provide a safe place to sleep for babies across Surrey. Thank you. Great stuff. Thanks, Jane. If you want to help them with those Moses baskets or anything else that you think Stripey Stalk may be able to distribute to some of the needy families across our area and a little bit beyond as well, they're at 51A Albert Road North in Rygate, RH29EL. Give you that postcode because it can be a little difficult to find. 51A Albert Road North in Rygate. Phone number, here we go, 01737 423 Seven one, and maybe you're able to do your little bit for one of our big local charities. And one more thing to tell you about: LoveWorks are operating two garden projects in Rygate, growing food, flowers, and friendship, as they call it. If you've got a wheelbarrow or garden tools, not electric ones that you no longer need, they say they'd be very grateful. Uh, garden at LoveWorks.org.uk. This is the Planet Rygate podcast. Again, thank you so much for the loan of your ears. Gosh, it was a packed programme, wasn't it? Not only with a good time guide, but also we heard from various people from the Red Hill Girls Football Club. We also had our Planet Rygate stars and Rygate Roulette. We had our appeal there from Jane and Stripey Stork. And also from the Rygate and Red Hill Music Festival as well. 
On the way next week, we're going to be hearing from a local ukulele player. He's a musician, he's a teacher, his name is Mark. We'll hear about how he got involved with the ukulele and how you can learn it as well. And also we hear from Red Hills KCA Dance and Scarlets from that group next week on the Planet Rygate podcast. In the meantime, if you would like to get in touch, you can do that just by searching on social media for the Planet Rygate podcast, which is on Facebook. It's theplanetrygatepodcast.com on the World Wide Web. And also it's hello at the Planet Rygate podcast if you'd like to drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, one more thing before we go, though. The 60-second soundscape. Local natural sounds uninterrupted. Yeah, before we go, at the end of the show, natural sounds from a place you know. And this week, St Bartholomew's Churchyard in Lye on the Planet Rygate podcast. Thank <laughs> you.